drop them in and the children's church you guys are dismissed How you raise me, how you fill me with the Holy Ghost, how you heal me to the uttermost. When I think about you, Lord, how you pick me up and you turn me around, how you place my feet on solid ground, it makes me want to shout, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. It makes me want to shout, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all the glory, all the honor and all the praise. It makes us want to shout, hallelujah. Man, he is so good. He is so good to us, and he deserves everything that we have and more. Come on, somebody. He deserves all that you have and more. He don't want 99% of, of you. He wants all of you. He gave all himself for us, did he not? So that we could worship him freely in spirit and in truth. And uh, this morning, I'm going to turn this microphone off first. But um, I am beyond... Just, I don't know, exuberant or whatever you want to call it, about what the Lord is doing. And as we were riding around and watching people knock on doors and this or that in Yadkinville and just hitting the streets and sharing the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ with people, my heart was overwhelmed that we're being the church, not just talking about the church, but about being the church. And this morning, before we dig in, I, I, I've, something's laid on my heart here for a while. We're going to do this for uh, some time, uh, or how many ever times, I don't, I'm not sure. But I'm kind of going to put them on the spot this morning. But Don uh, Anderson, if you could come down here, if you don't mind, I want to I want to ask you a couple questions. Because I believe in giving honor where honor is due. This young man right here, what are you, about 37? 37 and a half. He's uh, got a couple decades on me. But I, how many doors, if you could just estimate, how many doors have you knocked on in your life? Over a thousand? Jesus did it all. He done more than a thousand. Way more than a thousand. And I'm not saying this to boast in Don, but I'm telling you that there is a, a, a call on our lives to go ye therefore. And you had the privilege to do something just miraculous yesterday. And I watched you, and I said, my Lord, I hope that I can go just as good and well as he does. He wanted me to stop. Preacher, stop the bus so I can get out. I want to knock on some doors. But you went to a house, and you had an opportunity to lead somebody to the Lord, did you not? Yeah, the Lord led me. 
The Lord, that's right. The Lord saved the soul. And that's a, that's a thrill and an honor to be a part of it. But I think it's very important to look toward and to look to uh, a man and, and those, those mothers and fathers in the faith and to honor them. And I know you never asked for it. But I want us, Lakeside Church, we have a very own patriarch in this house who is desired and who has a zeal and a passion greater than he's ever had in his life to win souls to Christ. And I want us this morning, and, I, and it's not to boast in you again, but to just tell them thank you. Thank you for leading the way. Thank you for setting the pace. Thank you for all that you've done, and we're going to keep on keeping on. We love you. It's all Jesus. That's it. It is. Yep. It's all him. It's all Jesus. The only way you have to do is love the lost like Jesus said to do it. That's right. You can do it. Anybody can. Just love them. Just love them. And I would like to say it was probably about 28 years ago he knocked on our door. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I, um, my generation and the generations following have really had it easy. My grandfather was a, what they call a pioneer in the church. He planted many. He did just like Brother Don, knocked on doors. He hitchhiked from Thomasville, North Carolina to Ranlow, North Carolina when he was 19 years old. And he knocked on the door of a pastor and he said, The Lord has sent me here to preach you a revival. And the pastor said, well, brother, we just had one. He said, well, it looks like you're going to have another one. And uh, he was passionate. My grandfather, uh, many of my family, my wife, many of you in here, Don, are what we call contenders. Contenders of the faith. And uh, David Daniel made this statement a couple years ago at a men's retreat. And I, I, it stuck with me. And this morning I want to minister using for a subject or a title, contender or pretender. And only you know what you are. Only you know what you are. You only know if you're playing church or if you're playing the role of a Christian, or if you're playing the role of a believer, or if you're sold out, Lord, I'm yours, do with me what you will. When I was young, and you all know that I had a desire to be a monster truck driver and to race motocross, anything that had an engine and something that would go in dirt or mud, I was in love. Still am. I love it. I, in fact, I asked Sidney, when are you going to take me out in the mud? He said, whenever you want to go. You think I'm kidding, man. I love it. But I would pretend when I would run through the woods that I was riding a motorcycle, making the noises, and, and, and that was when I was in shape. I ain't running nowhere now and pretending that I'm... I'm going to really be, I'm going to be driving, but uh, I would pretend all these things, and, and when you pretend, you use your imagination, and sometimes you even think you're doing something, and, and in fact, that has rolled over into the church uh, more than most would even realize. There are many people that think that I'm a believer, that I am saved, that I am on my way to heaven simply because they don't the door of a church, wherever that may be. But the Bible tells us without Christ, in John 15, 5, without Him you can do nothing. Meaning that one, He is the way, the truth, and the life. And that without Him, no man can come unto the Father. So without Him, you can't even go to the Father, and you certainly can't 
gain access to all that he has. But I want you to turn into your word to 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17 this morning. And um, I said over the last several weeks, um, I'm about tired of just what church and the, and the generality has become. People are hurting, and people need the Lord. People are hurting, and people need the Lord. While you're turning there, I want to lay some groundwork real quick and just lay something with you. Share. I shared it Wednesday night, but the Lord dropped in my spirit last week, uh, and, and we'll, we'll hit on this later and expound, but um, something that's going to be called Project Build. And build is to believe, to unite, in Christ, to intercede, and to love Denver. And if you don't love, then what are you doing? If you're not showing and spreading and sharing the love of Christ, what in the world are you doing? 2 Timothy 3, verses 14 through 17 says, But you continue in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them. And that from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture. All, we, I know we live under grace, but all Scripture, Genesis to Revelation, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, not, not perfect that you're not going to make a mistake, maturing in your walk with the Lord, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. If there's ever been a time that we the church, when I say we, I don't care if you watch this, what church you go to, I'm talking about the church, the body. If there's ever been a time that we, the church, have to and need to stand up at that time's right now. Right now. Hatred is so rampant in our country. Hatred. People want to kill you, want to fight you, want to dog you over anything. I love red. I don't like red. I'm going to punch you in the face. No, that's crazy. And it's going on. And it sounds silly, but it's something that's there. And, and what I mean by standing is not arguing your point. We've had enough Christian arguments. Hello. My Bible tells me, and so do yours if you'll read it, that we are called to be a witness, not to win an argument. I said, all right, if I get in your business here a little bit this morning. Because we've all been there and we all want to prove that we're right and you're so bent on that, making sure that they know you're correct, that you forget the whole point of it all to point them to Jesus, not to you. So preach the truth and if you preach the word, you cannot go wrong. You cannot go wrong. So I don't mean arguing your point or bashing another person. I mean to stand and to stand on the word of God in it alone. It is way past time, my brother, my brother and I was having this conversation uh, not too long ago, and I call it lumberjack preaching. I, listen, I've, we've got enough going on here. 
And if brother so-and-so or sister uh, Sally Sue or whatever, that's, I'm not going to bash them. I'm going to preach the Word of God. We need to quit tearing down and to start lifting up. Lifting up what? The name of Jesus. Lifting up the name of Jesus because without the love of Christ, nothing's going to change. Without the love of Christ being implemented into your life and being shared by you and shown through you, nothing's going to change because I can tell you yesterday that some people knocked on some doors and they said, no, I don't want to come or they would ignore them totally or I'm busy or whatever, they would use the whole, if you ask somebody if they're a Christian, that most people will say, I go to so-and-so church. Well, I'm not asking you that. I'm asking you, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? We've blended for way too long. And that seems to be a term that so many people like to use. We'll just blend in. We've blended for way too long. Error, I've said this before, but you'll hear it again. Error always rides in on the back of truth. Period. Error will always ride in on the back of truth. And you've got to know the truth and you've got to stand for the truth. And the line is still drawn in the sand. There is still a heaven. There is still a hell. There is still right. There is still wrong. There is still evil and wickedness. And there is holiness and righteousness. And God tells us to be holy because why He is holy. And that He makes us His righteousness. And that light and darkness is still there. And which side of that line are you as a believer standing on? I can tell you there ain't but one side. <laughs> There's only one side. You can't straddle the fence. I'm going to tell you from being young folk and climbing fence, and when I was young, I straddled one one time, and I'm going to promise you, <laughs> it wasn't fun. But we as believers love it there because I'm close enough to this to be counted in, and I'm close enough to this to be counted in. I'm just blending in either way. When I was, uh, when I was in the eighth grade, I took art. And in my 8th grade year, it might have been 9th grade year, I painted a monochromatic painting. And that painting won uh, teen talent, the state level, from the time I was in ninth grade all the way through high school. I never painted nothing else. I also did an all in, in mixed, mixture, uh, mixed uh, media drawing. And, and that won teen talent. And all the way through, I never did another one. <laughs> I also did a coloring, a shading, a drawing, and it won. I never did another one. But I learned in this process of what blending was. I would take a pencil, and I would draw in, and I would whatever, and I would take my finger, and I would wipe it, and I would blend it away to where it faded out to nothing. And what has happened for so many people that they have been blended so long that they have faded out to nothing to merely exist, and they call themselves a believer. They call themselves a contender, but in essence, they're only pretending. Growing up, we loved to ride skateboards, and my dad built a quarter pipe, and my dad was thought he was young, just like I think I'm young now, and he put on his roller skates, which first of all should have been a red flag. Hello, this is not going to work. I'm going to hit this, this five-foot-tall quarter pipe that I just built you guys, and I'm going to do some tricks. And he did it, and he about nearly broke his neck. And... Uh, Another time, Summer can witness this, he was going to give a bicycle away for Christmas, and he was going to ride a wheelie. He was in his 50s, and didn't work out too well for him. 
Uh, he might have cracked his tailbone then. But anyway, he, he thought he was a roller skater, trick roller skater, but he wasn't so much. And we would call these guys pretenders or posers. Like I was a big skateboarder. I didn't really do nothing but ride down the street. But we used those terms to, to make ourselves look real. We bought all the, 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 the garb and all the stuff to look like. And to, I thought I was. You had to look dirty and, and do, do this. And I can't do this no more. Cause it's, I told Summer, I said, yeah, hey, wait, this summer I'm going bald. I'm shaving my head. And she's like, no, you're not. But anyway, <laughs> uh, there's always those pretenders, but then there are the contenders. And I didn't, I didn't call Don down here to, to boast in him. And we give all glory and credit to where it's due, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. But he is a contender for the faith, and it continues to be. And so should we be a contender for the faith. We should stand on what we know is right and not move, not budge, not buckle, not sway, not do anything. Listen, people are going to want to argue. They're going to want to argue. But I ain't got time for that. I said this morning, your, your fist, you should never have your hand closed to throw a stone because it should always be open, open welcoming one after another into the family of God, reaching out and loving. Reaching out and loving. That line's there. You're either a contender or a pretender. Matthew 6, verse 24, says, No man, and that includes woman, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Can't do it. You can't do it. I, I was about to tell you my faking out in the, the mirror stuff again, but I ain't even going to go there because that is just totally ridiculous. But that's about like trying to serve God and, and mammon. Y'all are looking at me like I'm nuts. I guess when I was young, again, I wasn't very bright. Okay, I'm not claiming I was a genius. I would stand in front of the mirror for literally 20 or 30 minutes trying to fake myself out. And, uh, yeah, that's how I got myself tired to go to bed. <laughs> I was easily amused, and I still am. But anyway... That has nothing to do with this. But you cannot serve God in mammon. You just can't do it. Listen, culture does not dictate your relationship nor Christianity. It does not dictate it or it shouldn't. Culture does not dictate who you are in Christ. Culture does not dictate the Word of God. Culture never changes this because His Word does not change. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. Hebrews 13 8. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He is the Word. He does not change. He's the same. He's consistent. And we have got let culture change what the Word says. You cannot. You cannot let it change. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 22 tells us something that's absolutely hard for us to grasp. Abstain from all evil or from all appearance of evil. Abstain from it. Resist. Stay away from. Even the appearance, the appearance of evil. We know 2 Corinthians 6 verse 17. Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate. Listen, not isolated. Separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. I wanted, to, I wanted to share some pictures with you this morning.
Because I want you to see something. What I want to just try to make a point here. And uh, if, if you've got those pictures, they may come up. You can show one and then the other. Okay, you see this picture right here? And now I want you to go to the next slide. See this picture right here? One of these is a Christian band, and the other is Metallica. Go to the next picture. The next, there, there we go. Now show the next picture. One of these is a nightclub in England, and one is a church service. Now when the Word tells us to abstain from the appearance of evil, I should be able to look and tell what is or what is not holy. See, now I, I'm not God. I can't, I can't. But here's the problem. We want it to look like, listen, if you turn your lights out in church, I, I don't even care. I'm not here to preach about that. I'm not here to preach about if you've got fireballs coming out of your platform. If you do, I hope you've got a good sprinkler system. But I'm here to tell you that you should know the difference. I should be able to watch something with no volume and understand that's a moving and operating of the Holy Spirit. I should not wonder, well, what is this or what is that? And, and, and if you go, listen, I'm not, again, I'm not here to preach about fireballs and, and whatever. I want you to understand the importance of coming out to being separate. Not isolation. We're not to, to gather ourselves in a little compound. That's how people drink Kool-Aid and die. We're not doing all that. We're talking about being different. And your salvation will tell on you. Because you're different. You're not who you were tonight if you come back. Here's a good lead point. Come back tonight. We're talking about unity in Christ. We're in Ephesians. You're not who you were. You are different. You might look like the same to somebody who hadn't seen you in a while, but if they talk to you for more than 30 seconds, they're going to say, wait a minute, James. Something's changed. Something's different. Something's different. And if you sing, you can say, something happened. Now I know. He touched me. Anybody, if you want to sing it that way. But come out from among them, and, and we are, we're shocked. The church is shocked. We're standing, oh, I can't believe this is happening. Uh, come on, for real? Maybe it's happening because the church don't even know who they are. Because the church has spent so many years preaching against symptoms of sin and never addressing the issue. I've heard if you I've heard it all when I was growing up, oh my Lord, if you wore ear bobs, if you had pants and you was a woman, I listen, I'm I married a beautiful woman who wears pants and earrings, and I love her, and so does the Lord. We preached against symptoms for so long, and we've never addressed the issue, which is sin. That's the issue. That's what's got to be addressed. And guess what's going to address it? What already addressed it at Calvary's cross. The blood, the blood of Jesus. That's what's going to address it. So, so a pretender is dangerous. They're lethal. They're, they're, they're almost, well, I guess you could call crazy. And unfortunately, 
they're followed by a lot of folks. The Branch Davidians. You remember that, right? The big compound in Waco. Uh, Mormons. Scientology. Jim Jones. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Uh, the alien group that, that all laid down in the suits. Well, I think it was Seattle. I can't remember exactly where it was at. But waiting on the ship to come get them. And they all killed themselves. And we think this is nuts. But somebody that's passionate about whatever it may be, people will follow them because people just don't know. The problem is that most believers are not passionate about, the, about their relationship with Jesus Christ because the only thing they desire is what He can do for them and they do not love Him for who He is. Can I, can, is it alright this morning? I was sitting a couple of years ago and, 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 and uh, Brother Loran Livingston was talking and, and we, were, we were just discussing things that are going on. And he said this, I give them Jesus. And I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. I don't rock the boat to the left or the right because the only thing that saved my soul is the only thing that I'm going to preach that will save theirs, Jesus. And you can preach on Him till the cows come home. Or even after they come home. You can keep preaching on Him because that is is what will change man's heart. Jesus. We've complicated and made it so complex that you've got to adhere to our rules, that you've got to look like us, you've got to dress like us, you've got to buy yourself some wingtip shoes and, and all this crazy nonsense. No. Give them Jesus. Believe it or not, people again will follow those passionate people because so many believers, Christians, are not passionate about Christ. They are not passionate about winning the lost. They are not passionate about sharing the gospel because the fact of the matter is the majority of people that say they're believers will leave a church service wherever they may be and they will not speak anything of the Lord again until they see somebody else at the next service or next week. I come to get my fill and I'm going to go home. If we understand salvation, and if we understand who Christ is, and who we are in Christ, then you're going to realize you didn't come to get your fill, you come to lift up the name of Jesus. And I come to share Him with whoever, wherever, whenever. 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 I want to ask you this morning, are you convinced that God's Word is the standard? That it means exactly what it says. And if we were, then we would not be silent. I didn't expect you to shout me down this morning to say preach on preacher or, or throw water or tomatoes if you had them at me. I, I, I just came to tell you, if we were truly convinced of God's Word and that His Word is the standard and that His great commission still stands and we are to go you therefore and to teach and to tell all nations all that we've learned, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. If we truly believe that, and we truly believe that He was with us always, even until the end of the world, we wouldn't have no fear, nor would our mouths be silent. Because here's the, here's the fact of the matter. I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus, they're going to receive it, or they're going to reject it. Nothing else in between. But if I don't tell them about Jesus... 
then it's not their, their blood's on my hand. But see, here's the problem. Well, they might say something to me, or they might not like me, or I might not want, know what to say. Well, how about seeking the face of the Lord and asking Him to speak through you, and you ain't got to worry about what to say, because I can promise you the Holy Spirit will move in your life. If you're being led by Him, He will speak exactly what needs to be spoke through you. He will. He'll speak it through you. So are we convinced? And if we are, then our mouths would not be quiet. And it is never okay to okay sin. It's just not. It's just not. We, 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 we have meetings about discussions or discussing things that are in the, the Bible that plainly says it's not right or it is sin and we're discussing. Why is it even a discussion? It should never even come up. It should never even come up. Do we believe that His Word is true? That it's inspired. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit for doctrine, meaning belief. Do you believe that His Word is true, infallible? All of it. If you don't, you need to ask the Lord to search your heart because I can tell you it is. Most believers don't even believe that the Word is infallible. Do you believe it's, it's for reproof? The, the use of God's Word for direction. For correction. We don't like that. We don't like to be corrected. Most people had rather be happy in their failure than to be corrected in love. I just can't do it. And most people cannot see correction. Especially today's generation coming up because they're never corrected. Summer and I were fortunate enough to hear a series preached on the fatherless generation and they were talking about the pure arrogance and disobedience in this young generation coming up. Here's the reason, most of, uh, one, we know it's because there is no salvation in their life, but because most families do not have a father in their life and they've never been told no. And they've never been told that it's not going to work or that what you're doing is wrong. What do you mean what is no, it's right? No, it's not right. And, and, and that's filtered over into the church and, and we should always desire to be all that he, des he wants us to be and receive correction from the Lord. I'm telling you, He will correct you. And it don't really feel good when He does. It's for instruction in righteousness. His Word is our only guide. 2 Timothy 3, verse 17, we read already, but says that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And again, that doesn't mean that perfect, and I'm, I'm sinless and I'm going to do everything right. We know better than that. Mature in your walk, growing in the Lord, developing that relationship with the Lord. And I can, I've said it up here before, and I tell the worship team, your public worship will never outshine or outdo your private worship. We're not up here to show. We're just up here to worship. But even in the midst of all the craziness that's going on in our nation right now, today, 2 Timothy 4.2 tells us to preach the Word. Preach the Word. Not preach your opinion. Don't preach what your grandma taught and you bought. Preach the Word. Preach the Word. Preach the Word. I'm going to keep on saying it until y'all get it. Preach the Word. 
Don't preach what you think is right. Preach the word. Preach it instant, in season and out of season uh, of, 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 for reprove, or reprove, rebuke, exhort, and all long suffering and doctrine. So we're to preach the word for all of these things because that is what it's for. People think it's nuts when you ask them, they ask what you do, and you just tell them, well, I just preach. What? You ain't got a Ferris wheel out there, or water slide, or anything like that? No, we just preach the word and love people. What? What do you mean? I mean, I mean, we just preach the word, and we love people. And he does the work. He does the work. We have to be ready to proclaim the word. A contender knows that they are prepared. They know it. My brother just finished a marathon. Uh, actually, last Sunday, he ran a Little Rock Marathon in, in Arkansas. 26.2 miles. Congratulations, Chad, if you ever watch this. I have no desire to run 26.2 miles. I don't even want to drive 26.2 miles. I do have a desire, however, to go skydiving, Matt. Summer says, wait. But anyway, he prepared himself. He ran. He didn't just fly to Little Rock and say, I think I'm going to run a marathon today. Now, I, I, I honestly don't think that he, he had in his mind that I'm going to win the marathon, but he was a contending to finish the marathon. And he finished. But a contender knows that they are prepared, but a pretender thinks, thinks they are prepared. Uh, short, short, quick story. My mom took a short-term missions trip, uh, uh, or team. Uh, they called it STEP programs. It was, it was the Church of God. But anyway, she took a STEP team. Uh, one summer and I were right out of high school, I think. Uh, but she took it up to New York City. She took a group with her to Dave Wilkerson's church, and they were walking the streets. And a friend of mine, here's what he told me. He said, Jason, man, we was walking right down the sidewalk, and I grabbed a guy, or a guy was coming at me, and I looked at him and said, man, let me tell you about Jesus. And this is what the guy said to him. Don't you tell me about anybody you don't know. And he said, at that very moment, I understood that I had only played church my entire life. He said, on that trip, the Lord truly changed me. And I want to tell you today that if you're pretending, it needs to stop. Because it's the pretenders that have made people sick of what people call church. When you see church, no, I, there's no wonder so many people are sick of church. I don't want to go to church. I don't, I, and I can't, I, it's bad, but I, I got to say this with all honesty. I don't blame you. I can't blame, there are terrific church bodies. Terrific church bodies. Listen, if you're watching, there's terrific, there's more than one, Okay. But we have pretended for so long, and all we do is mumble and gripe and complain, and we, we tell the people in the checkout line to hurry up, or, or you've got 14 items, and it says 12 or less. Hello, genius, can't you read? Go get in the other line. i gotta, I got to go. And we've made it all of this stuff, and, and, and people come in, and, they, and it's supposed to be a place where, they, where people love people and love God, that their desire is to be Christ-like, but they wouldn't dare say hello to you. And, 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 and right now, people's afraid of the coronavirus, so they're going to elbow bump instead of shake your hands. But at least give them a what's up or something. I mean, something. What's wrong with being nice? 
Be ready to proclaim the word. In his word, we're not instructed to join them, to be like them. Romans 12, uh, uh, verse 2 says that, that to be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Conform, or conformity happens uh, from the outside in. I don't even know. Does people have ice trays anymore? Huh. I hate ice because I would never fill the ice tray. That's why I just never, I was like, I don't even need ice. I'm not filling them up. Or then my mom would always get mad at me because I would put the, the freshly filled ice trays on the top and the ones that were frozen on the bottom, and she always spilled cold water on herself. But anyway, what I'm getting at is, is conformity happens just like the water in the ice tray. It forms to what it's molded into. And this is what has happened with so many believers. They have conformed to the world because they have not come out from among. They have stayed in for so long and kept their foot on either side of the line for so long that they don't know the difference. They don't know the difference. Uh, listen, it's to be taught, to be preached, to be, to be lifted up, or the, the gospel to be shared. We have too many, and I, I put this in my notes, silly putty believers. Anybody know what silly putty is? I used to think it was awesome when I figured out after about five years of having the stuff that you could mash it on, and people don't even get these no more, newspaper, and it would come off on the, and I'm like, that's cool. So I would take all the ink off the newspaper, and my dad couldn't read it because I had it on the silly putty. But here's why I say this, because we have been pressed in so hard that we have began to look like when you flip us over, we were pressed up against we bounced all over the place and we've ran with every wind of doctrine and we don't, we've never dug our heels in and said, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Lord, I'm tired. I just want to be like you. I just want more of you. So we've got those, those people that are, that are like the silly putty that have become like what they are with. If you want to be relevant, which seems to be the terminology today, then give them something real, and that's Jesus. That's the only thing that's real. Give them Jesus. we got to quit preaching again against symptoms and go to the problem, and that is sin. That is sin. I, I, I never understood, why, when I was growing up, why so many preachers would pre preach so hard against nicotine and alcohol and, 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 and fornication and all these things, and they were, they were about uh, 280 pounds overweight and going to gorge themselves at the buffet after service was over. And I was like, what? I don't get it, Dad. Listen, quit focusing and preaching against symptoms and address the issue. Sin. That's the problem. That's the problem. And that's what needs to be addressed if anything's going to change and again it's addressed by the blood of Jesus Christ one in darkness don't need you to take them by the hand and run them into the wall they need light if your house is on fire and I brought you a lighter you would slap me in the face and say dude I just I need a way out I don't I'm not a fireman but I would be a, a, a be pretty dumb for me to think that a fireman responds to a fire and runs in and then Beth's trapped in her back room and, and he runs in and he hands her a blowtorch. Here you go. 
No, I'm going to show you the way out. Listen, Acts 20 and verse 20, which is on our shirts, 2020. I know it's 20, year 2020, but the 20 and the, what are those things called, colon? That's a colon. Yeah, 20, colon, 20. 2020, Acts 20, verse 20. Anyway, let me get to where I'm going. This is Paul speaking that, that I withheld or held back nothing from you that was profitable unto you. And he showed them, he showed them, listen, he, he, from, from house to house, but also to publicly, and he taught them. And this is where we are, where we should be. This should be our desire. And when you're a contender for the faith, this is what you will do. I ain't going to hold back anything no more. I'm all in. I'm all in. So adults, I'm going to question for you this morning. What are you passing to the next generation? What are you passing to the next generation? Don't pass them a bunch of mumbo-jumbo stuff. Give them the gospel and give them that gospel only. Don't pass down that, well, if you, if you be short of where you're very finest on Easter and go get you a, a nice suit and, and all that stuff, then the Lord will love you. He loves you anyway, but you're not going to be a recipient of that love unless you're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ and you're in relationship with Him. Because when you are in relationship with Him, we're talking about this on Sunday nights, that now you are a partaker... Of the divine nature. Or you are to be. Partake again is to consume. To indulge. Lord I want all that you've got. So what are you leaving the next generation young people? What are you leaving your peers? When you leave school what are they thinking? You can't control what they think but you can give them the truth. Paul said in Romans 1 verse 15. So as much as is in me. I'm going to tell you something. I got a lot of something in me because I've got the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords dwelling in me. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. If you go back to Romans 1.14, some address this a little Wednesday night, which is my, one of my very favorite scriptures. Paul realized I'm debtor to the Greek barbarian, both to the wise and unwise. I owe it to you. This is why he was ready to preach the gospel to those that were at Rome also. And he, what he preached was not a two-sided message. It was simple. And it was plain. What did he say? For I am not ashamed of the gospel. He was a contender. Come on, somebody. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power... Of God unto salvation. Y'all, do I need to turn this tornado around on y'all and wake y'all up or something? It's the power of God unto salvation to every one that believeth. No stipulations. You've got to believe. You've got to believe. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. So... Quit trying to pick and choose who you think is worthy to hear the gospel. It's for all. It's for all. It don't matter if they're your color or not your color. If they speak your language or they don't speak. I thought it was awesome yesterday. Somebody went and knocked on a door and they came to the door and they spoke Spanish. And I seen them running to get Melissa. I was like, yeah, here we go. We got you covered, brother. It's okay. We love, we love anybody. 
But he said it's the power of salvation to everyone who believes. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith, from faith to faith. The righteousness is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just, you and I in Christ, justified, the just shall live by faith. See, we want to live by what we see. We want to live by what we obtain. We want to live by the tangible stuff or what we think is right. What are we contending for? What are you contending for? Jude 1 verse 3 says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that you should earnestly, and if you underline in your word, I would encourage you to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. What are you contending for? The faith. Faith in what? Christ in His finished work. Not faith in your church, not faith in your pastor, not faith in your denomination, not faith in anything else other than in Christ. We are to preach and not to pacify. We are to correct and not caress. We are to proclaim and stop perverting. We are to stand and not sway. We are to follow and not forget. We are to praise and not pout. We are to build up to not tear down. We are to glorify and stop gossiping. We are to come out from among. Not to connect to. We are to love. Not to lash out. We are to earnestly. Contend. For the faith. I've asked. We've asked. We've prayed. We've sought. And I want to ask again. What are you contending for? The word contend means to engage in competition in order to win or achieve. What? A soul. A soul. Terrence was walking through the neighborhood yesterday and he seen a guy get in his car and he said he felt compelled to stop. Guy, I don't know, 18, 19 years old, maybe 20 or whatever. But Terrence said, man, he received everything I had to say. He felt compelled. He wanted to contend for that soul. Man, you know what? This might be a little uncomfortable for me, but man, the guy's in his car, but it's okay. He's either going to roll down his window or he's going to take off. And he rolled down his window. I'm contending for the faith, man. I just want to tell you that the, the Lord loves you. And that there's, there's hope for you. And there's a better way. Earnestly means it's a, it's a result from a sincere, intense conviction. You're not going to do anything earnestly unless you're convicted of it. I was convicted about a little over a month ago that I was fat and, and I need to lose some weight. So now I'm earnestly contending to lose weight. <laughs> But you're not earnestly going to do anything if you're not convicted of it. So when you, when you reject and, and push away the, the, the moving and operating of the Holy Spirit in your life, even the convicting of the Holy Spirit in your life, you're not going to earnestly contend for the faith. You're just going to show up, get your fill, and go home. I'm intense and I'm compassionate about a lot of things. When I, when I did anything, I did it with everything that I had. Except this year, I didn't jump in the water with everything I had. I wanted to get out so fast a couple weeks ago at the polar plunge. But over the last 
seven, eight years, my passion and my intensity and all that I used to fuel into everything that I ever did has been directed to one place. To contend for the faith. To tell people about the love of Jesus Christ and to, and to pray for the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ to become real to them. I don't care that NC State can't beat Carolina anymore. I don't care that our football team is terrible. I don't care about any of that anymore. Still a great engineering school, ain't it, Jesse? But none of that matters to me anymore. I had a guy send me a message and, and a little smiley faces. Man, Carolina's lost seven games in a row and your boy still couldn't beat them. And I was like, I don't even care. We're to contend, contend for the faith. He's always, he's always been enough and he'll always be the way, the truth, and the life. But I want to ask you, do people know where you stand? Do you study to show yourself approved unto God? The, the, uh, 2 Timothy 5, uh, or 2, 15 and 16, that a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. To pastors, you've got to preach the word. Young people, you've got to proclaim the gospel. Now is the time to repent. Now is the time to allow the Lord to dress the vine. Now is the time to be in His Word, and now is the time to contend for one thing, and that's the faith. And I, uh, people, I might lose some friends. Oh, well. I'm to contend for the faith. I'm to preach the gospel. Paul wrote in Galatians 1 and verse 10, For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if yet I please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. So I want to ask you this morning, do you find yourself in the position of a contender or a pretender? Only you know the answer, and I'm not trying to get you to divulge anything. He knows too. What are you contending for? Faith or flesh? Hebrews 4 and 12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. What are you doing with the gospel? I want the singers and musicians to come. I want to echo what I, a statement I made a while ago. We've pretended long enough. It's time to contend. That bus in that van, it's going to be running. It's sat under that shed for long enough. It's going to be running. I want you to stand this morning. Are you a contender or a pretender? Are you committed to stand, share the gospel, wherever, whenever, and to whoever, to be a contender, to earnestly contend for the faith? If that's your decision, that's what you're saying, Lord, 
I'm ready. I want to contend for the faith. I want to contend for you. I want you to come. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, today's the day of salvation. Come. Come. I'm contending for your soul. But if you desire to be a contender for the faith, I want you to come and I want you to stand because the Lord is doing a marvelous thing, a marvelous work in and through this place. But it's time to quit pretending and start contending. So come as they sing and let the Lord move in your life.
Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for what the Lord is doing, for the privilege, the opportunities that He's brought our way. I'm thankful to be a part of a body that desires to contend for the faith. I want to do something in here, and, uh, and it won't take very long, and I want you to be patient with me as long as you can. If you need to go, that's okay, but uh, as you well know that this week is, uh, next week it'll look different. <laughs> the Lord opened the door for us to, to uh, plant another church, as it shouldn't be no surprise to you guys. 